Welcome to season two of the Innovation Cloud Podcast. I'm your host, Clun Cadio, and we are joined today by a really wonderful guest who has done some amazing, amazing things in the entrepreneurial phase here in Canada, all the way from, I guess, started his career off in Calgary, Alberta, and then moved to the beautiful city of Toronto, Swiss Cross Army. Welcome to the show. And yeah, please feel free to introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what, what do you currently do? 100% appreciate you having me. Um, my name is Vishka Swami. I live in Toronto, Canada, 26 years old. I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company full-time called Surf. We built a browser extension that compensates people for their data and then shares that anonymized data with companies that want to understand what people are doing on the internet. The data we're providing is obviously very useful because we are moving more and more towards a privacy-conscious world where cookies are going away the Apple iOS changes have happened in terms of 14.5, which has made it very hard for companies to understand what people are doing on their mobile phone. And every single year, you're seeing privacy regulation like GDPR, CCPA, Bill C-27 in Canada, all getting passed or getting very close to being passed. So very excited about building that up. You know, we have about 300,000 users now that utilize our extension. We work with brands like HP, Amazon Prime Gaming, Electronic Arts, Similar Web, and provide them data that they can't find anywhere else. On the side, I also speak. I wrote a book about youth entrepreneurship, so I speak a lot on stages worldwide about it. Um, I invest in companies. I also advise a few companies as well, mainly in like the esports space, which I find very much to be down my passions, down my alley of passions, if you will. And I have a hobby podcast. You know, I. I have a F1 podcast called Track Limits. We launched it in March. We've interviewed over 30 guests, drivers, engineers, mechanics, all sorts of people in the world. And we're now releasing episodes every week for that. So quite a busy person when it comes to everything that I'm doing, but definitely the 99% of my week is focused on surf and building that company out with some pretty talented people. Amazing. That's so cool. I think that's really great. And yeah, I'm very, I mean, especially for someone my age, I'm really inspired by some of the things you've done because you're still very young and you've accomplished some things at such a young age. I'm really excited about this venture that you guys are starting at Surf. And I'm just really curious, can you share a little bit more about your journey as an entrepreneur and how you got started in the business world at such a young age? Sure. Um, I basically came from a debating background. What I mean by that is in high school, I joined the Canadian National Debate Team after debating, I think, since grade six. So I spent about four years debating, joined the national team. Normally, if you debate at a high level um, and go to world competitions, you either want to be a lawyer or a politician. So coming out of college, I thought I would be a lawyer, went to the University of Toronto and very much went down that path in terms of picking courses that I thought would be ideal for law school down the road. Um, two years in, I actually decided to drop out. I got the opportunity to work on a very cool business in New York with my friend Elliot. He had built this Instagram account at Dunk at D-U-N-K, which he had grown to about 2.3 million followers. So I sick. came on board as his co-founder and we grew a network of 11 million followers across 21 different accounts on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. So I did that for about a year and a half. And afterwards, I decided to start my own company, Surf. And it was previously called TrueFan. We started back in 2019 and the early iteration for the product is very different from what it is now, 
But that was mainly because of the fact that we learned a lot from what our customers wanted. We kind of started to understand the macro environment in terms of privacy and data and where things were going. And we oriented our product kind of over the last few years in a direction that we think is the future of where consumer data collection is going to be. That's so cool. I mean, that's really amazing. I mean, uh, I think that's really great. What you guys are doing uh, and what some of the ventures you started in the past are really amazing and where you started off. And I'm just really curious now in terms of you as an entrepreneur, even at such a young age, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced as a young entrepreneur and how did you overcome them? As it seems like you've gone through so many amazing ventures, but I know for sure, even through your successes, there were probably some, what, some sides that not a lot, not everyone sees. And would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that it's probably worth noting is I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, I come from a family of lawyers and doctors and engineers and, um, as an immigrant, even to Canada, you know, I was born in Singapore. I only came to Canada when I was nine years old. I, I very much had to learn by just doing. Um, so when it came to entrepreneurship and building a business, you know, I didn't really read a book to learn all of that. Um, yeah. Really go on YouTube and just watch keynotes, which some people do. I, I think generally the best way to learn about building a business is just going out and trying it. So for me, you know, in high school, I created a charity called Canada Thinks, um, which were a bunch of conferences. And we took the money that we got from the conferences and put it towards a youth fund that we could go and fund young entrepreneurs with, even if it's $500 or $1,000, you know, any amount of money for a young entrepreneur can really go a long way at that age. In college, I, in my first year, built an app called FoodShare with my best friend, Quinn, that was meant to help students find leftover and excess food on campus and connect them to it. It was a failed idea. Sadly, it didn't actually go all the way to, you know, like we had a product, but we didn't actually get past the stage of, you know, getting users or, or being able to even get off the ground because of legal regulation in Canada around monetizing donated food. But the process, again, of building Canada Thanks, the process of building Food Share in my first year, the process of then joining Dunk and building a company with Elliot, all of that gave me a ton of insight into what it takes to be an entrepreneur what you need to do in the early days of building a business when you are wearing multiple hats, whether it's sales, product, marketing, success, legal, finance, and having to manage all of that at once. How do you prioritize your time? How do you motivate early employees? How do you hire people? That's all stuff I had to learn the hard way before obviously then getting into surf. And having to build surf has been a great challenge as well, because in the last few years, we've had to grow through a global pandemic, which no one was prepared for. And we also had to grow the company now during a market recession where the market isn't as hot as it was two, three years ago. And that's kind of provided unique challenges to me that really has accelerated my understanding of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and what it takes to really build a successful business. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, going through those challenges and adversities has probably shaped you as an entrepreneur even currently right now. And that's really amazing. And uh, that's really empowering. And I feel like for me, it looks like you've been involved in so many various ventures and now working on surf. Uh, could you tell us about a project and I know, or like a business that you were particularly, particularly proud of uh, in the past or currently, uh, and why are you mostly proud of that project or venture that you've worked on? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's a few I've invested in that I'm definitely very proud of. Uh, Brasa Peruvian, they're trying to be the Chipotle for Peruvian food, um, started by my friend Michelle Falcon. And um, he's done a great job of taking a one location place in Toronto and now building four locations in Toronto, one location in New York, really doing well on Uber Eats, doing well on DoorDash, uh, having a really good corporate culture. You know, their turnover is incredibly low compared to the turnover of other restaurants and other fast food chains that tend to be a little bit higher. Um, and so I'm really proud of him because I just remember, you know, the early product testing that we did where he'd send me samples of the food. Hey, try this sauce. Hey, try this salad. Try this smoothie. Let me know what you think. And now it's become this full-fledged business that's doing millions upon millions of revenue each month, which is great. Um, if you look at another one called Othership, you know, Othership is a sauna and cold plunge place in Toronto. And it's become really more of a social club as well. You know, people come out because they want to live a healthy life. They come out, they dip their feet into the sauna, they dip their feet into the cold plunge, um, and they end up actually leaving feeling not only better, but also more connected to other people who are kind of like-minded, who also care about their health a lot. And so there's one location now in Adelaide, Toronto. There's another location coming up in Yorkville, Toronto. They just raised another big round to hopefully get into the United States, New York, LA over the next year. Um, and I'm really proud to be on this journey with them. Invested about a year and a half ago and just really seen a ton of growth in that company ever since I invested. So those are probably companies that I haven't obviously started, but I've come on fairly early on to help out, whether it's from an advisory perspective or even just putting in a check. Um, but again, the common underlying theme across all these companies is that they're run by people who are incredibly, incredibly passionate about what they do. You know, Michelle Falcon traveled to like 30 countries in the world, trying cuisines across the world, going to various places in Peru before he even started Brasa Peruvian. Othership, you know, the person who started it, had great mental health issues and he found the sauna and he found the cold plunge as an incredible escape to being able to meditate, but also to being able to kind of connect with other people who might be going through something similar. And that's why for him, building this isn't just business. It's, it's almost like a passion project and taking it to another level. Yes, that's so amazing. That's so true. And yeah, no, it's really amazing that you've involved yourself in so many projects and ventures from other young other entrepreneurs who's doing really amazing things and I feel like you know like everyone has a unique story and for you to jump in and help out there it's amazing uh, I'm just curious as a speaker and advocate for like youth empowerment what advice do you have for young individuals who aspire to make an impact and potentially start their own businesses from you working with entrepreneurs and founders from different fields yeah I think my biggest advice is twofold number one focus on your network you know a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten in life, whether it's through, you know, surf in terms of early investors, advisors, customers, team members, whether it's on the speaking side, even the book deal I got, all of that really came from my network. And one of the things that I think I did fairly well early on is I, I was very much the type of person to go to a bunch of networking events and put myself out there. I was the type of person on LinkedIn to post every single day to interview people, write a paragraph or write an article about them and then share that on LinkedIn and have them repost it as well. You know, like just taking that initiative to cultivate a network, approach people and, and just try to learn from them, especially people you admire. I would definitely focus on that if I was a young entrepreneur. And I actually, by the way, continue to do that even today. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about putting myself into various circles and various groups that I think like-minded people live in that group, but also people I respect, people I want to learn from live in that group. 
The second thing I would focus on as well is if you are building a company, remember that at the end of the day, the idea itself doesn't matter. What I mean by that is the initial idea that you start off with is unlikely going to be the idea that you find success with. And I think Surf, again, is a good example of that. When we started off four years ago, we were just trying to build a simple analytics platform that showed you your top fans on Instagram and Twitter, your top fans. Literally, that was what our project was about. And now, you know, four years later, we're talking about bigger themes around consumer data and privacy. We're building this extension, obviously, that compensates people for their data. We built an analytics platform that takes all that data and shares it with companies in a way that actually provides them valuable insights. So taking a look at kind of the four, four and a half year evolution from what we started to where we're at now is a humongous, humongous kind of proof of that, you know, you really need to as much as possible focus on just customer feedback early on. If you have an initial idea, that's great. Go and run with that idea, but try to talk to people right away about it. Get feedback from people who might be potential customers, potential investors, potential team members, your friends, your family members. Get them to pick that idea apart because hopefully over time, if you continue to have your pulse on the market, where things are going and what your customers are saying, you will orient your product into the best direction possible. No, that's really amazing. And yeah, those are amazing insights. I feel like, you know, building your network really early on really helps. Uh, I mean, some it's something I continue to do. And I feel like that's really amazing. And a lot of younger individuals, entrepreneurs or founders or individuals starting their own projects would benefit from. And even touching base on a little bit more about building a venture, right? It's like coming from an idea and realizing that, you know, it's, the whole landscape of building uh, something from scratch, from ideation stage to like uh, prototyping, etc. Like it's so it changes drastically over time. And yeah. I feel like for you, uh, one thing I noticed is that you know you've been around so many great uh, leaders and entrepreneurs from different age demographics and other backgrounds as well. So I'm <clears throat> sorry, I'm re- I'm really curious in terms of. What are some important qualities or skills that you believe are essential for entrepreneurs to succeed in today's rapidly changing uh, business environment? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things you need to have is, again, this pulse on the market. If you are not someone who's passionate about your industry, you are likely going to fall behind. Because one of the things to even note when it comes to consumer data and privacy is how quickly the world is changing. And the world isn't just changing quickly in that field. It's changing incredibly quickly across the board. You know, look at AI, for example, like the amount of AI startups now that have been funded over the last year is of almost five times more than the amount of funding that AI startups got from 2015 to 2020 in five years. So it's pretty insane to look at how quickly things can change. But if you, again, don't have a pulse on the market, don't have a pulse of where things are going, you're going to fall behind. And that's why if you look at companies that have done well recently, a lot of the companies that have done well have incorporated AI, for example, into their product suite. They've launched a version of their product that has some level of AI integrated into it. Um, A good example of this in Toronto is Ada. They're a customer service platform. They created a chat bot. They had no sort of AI built within their models before, but now they do, where the chatbot itself will learn over time what are the most frequently asked questions that people are giving to it. It'll immediately then prepare answers based on that and have that ready in a knowledge hub. So like that's the type of stuff I love, where big companies, small companies, entrepreneurs in general are looking at where the world is going, picking out trends, 
picking out new technologies and trying to act on them quicker. Um, and again, that's the benefit of also, by the way, being a startup is that we're able to do it far quicker than a bigger company normally is. Oh, that's true. It's really interesting. Really cool. And yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And I'm just curious from here. It's like, in your opinion, what are some emerging trends or industries that aspiring entrepreneurs should keep an eye on for the future, like, for, I know, potentially future opportunities that there are even maybe potentially outside of AI or do you see AI still emerging as a field that could potentially be revolutionary in the next couple of years? Because right now, from the industries all around, I feel like there is a bubble. And once the bubble bursts, there is a huge potential that, you know, 98 or 99 or I don't know what percentage of those AI startups will fail and a very few will succeed. Or what industries do you see the trends going up or what should young entrepreneurs or any entrepreneur right now keep an eye on? Um, definitely look at some of the core like disruptive technologies that have come out in the last few years. I mean, if you look at two years ago, that would be crypto. I think there obviously is a lot of scam <laughs> and fraud within crypto. Yeah. Some pretty cool ideas, right? I think yeah. digital identity was transformed by crypto. Uh, blockchain gaming is something that I'm very passionate about, uh, something I hopefully will do, you know, in my future career. I think I definitely want to do something around blockchain gaming down the road. Um, if you look at obviously last year, uh, there was a lot going on. And even this year around AI, if you look in like the last two or three months, you have AR, obviously, with especially the Apple glasses being announced. So there is a lot, you know, the metaverse last year, like there's so much like that you can get into. But try as much as possible, you know, to find not a trend that's just booming at a particular time, but a trend that you actually really believe in. Like, for example, for me, I, I know that there's a lot of fluff in crypto, but blockchain gaming just makes sense to me. That's why, like, if I lived in 2025 and 2030, knock on wood, I will. But like, if I lived in that world, I would want to live in a world where I'm playing a digital game and I'm owning the assets that I'm discovering in the game. I can trade them, I can sell them, I can buy new assets, I can equip those assets then to my character, and I can then interact with the game in a much deeper level. That's something I wish happened five years ago, and I'm hoping it'll definitely happen in five years, if not sooner. But that's how you decide to pick on trends and which trends to pick is by looking at what is the resulting world that comes from the trend becoming true. And if the trend continues and becomes incredibly big, is that a world that you truly want to live in? And again, for me, that is, which is why I continue to be very passionate about investing my time and my energy and my money into some projects that are around blockchain gaming. Really amazing. Yeah, no, it's like being a visionary really helps a lot. And that's something you really emphasize on. And yeah, having that strong burning why, why you want to pursue something in a specific field, not just because you're hopping on the bandwagon train of like, hey, a lot of startups are doing this or other ventures, but no, really amazing stuff, great insights. And, you know, I just want to shift, uh, you know, the podcast and I want to get to know, <clears throat> I guess, you switch a little bit more. So I'm, I'm just really curious, uh, were there any notable mentors or role models who have influenced your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey? If so, have, how have they impacted your approach to business? Yeah, there have definitely been um, quite a number of them. I think one of them right away, Michael Hyatt, he's in Toronto. He sold his last two companies for, I think, 800 million, something crazy. Um, 
And he's the type of person who I met when I was 19 years old. I went on a walk with him and he's incredibly, you know, clear about what you need to do to build a great business. For me, like anytime I ever feel confused, anytime I feel like there's too much fluff in my head, I go to him and he's really good at just unpacking my ideas and clearing things up for me. And so I think people like him have been really good because they've taught me things like, hey, revenue and cash is king. Try to make revenue first. Don't just go out and try to raise money, which a lot of people tend to do. Um, they've taught me how to stay lean from a budget perspective, how to save on costs. Um, and they've taught me as well how to be a good leader, a good manager, which a lot of people think being a good entrepreneur you know, means you're automatically going to be a good manager. And that can't be farther from the truth. Um, there are other people as well, Ryan Holmes and Manny Pata from LOI Ventures, Bruce Croxon from Round 13 Capital, Mandy Gilbert from Creative Niche. I mean, these are all entrepreneurs that I greatly respect, people who I talk to almost on a monthly basis. Um, and again, these are people who took a chance on me like a few years ago, whether it was by investing in me, going on a walk with me, talking to me monthly. They were spending their time because they saw how interested I was in learning more. But also, I'm the type of person where if you're in my circle, if you're in my network, I'll constantly reach out to check up on you. I will try to help you out. Even if you don't ask for an intro, I'll make an intro if that makes sense. You know, I'm very proactive in providing value to people that are within my network. And I think they appreciated that as well. 100%. No, that's really amazing. I, I think, you know, having great uh, mentors to look up to to guide you along your journey is very, very important. But yeah, no, it's like, I know you have some great hobbies on the side outside of entrepreneurship and business and all the amazing ventures that you've started. I know you're really big into F1. And yeah. I know you're just starting uh, the new season of the of the podcast alongside uh, your, I guess, your passions regarding sport. And would, I would love to know a little bit more about that because I know you guys are setting up some pretty cool things in Toronto and feel free to share a little bit more about you know, some of the amazing projects uh, you guys are setting up? Sure. I mean, for us, we started the podcast about, well, in March we launched, but we actually came up with the idea last year, July 2022, in the Montreal Grand Prix. We were at a restaurant and my three co-hosts were like, well, we should start a podcast for F1. You know, we all are professionals. We've all done fairly well in our careers. Um, we have the means to be able to travel the world. Um, we are quite curious about F1. You know, I've obviously been a longtime fan. I, I started off being a fan in Singapore when I lived there. When I came to Canada, I got back into F1 in 2019 through sim racing and getting back into the Codemaster F1 games. And during the pandemic, I got really obsessed about F1 because I was sim racing. I was watching Drive to Survive. I was watching all the races. I was watching the press conferences. And I think for all of us, we decided to do the podcast because we thought it was taking our hobby, which we already do every week. Like we watch each race every Sunday. We might as well now just take another hour to do a race reflection episode. Or why don't we go to Europe and meet the people that we admire in the racing world and try to unpack their story for people that might not know it. So it's been a crazy journey. You know, we spent about 40 days at the start of the year traveling to 13 different countries. We interviewed all our guests in person, which is a big differentiator between us and other racing podcasts is, you know, we don't do everything over, over Zoom or Hangouts. We're actually bringing our own cameras, our own lighting equipment, traveling to where our guests are located and filming them there. Uh, we're also quite a diverse team. You know, we're not just two British white guys. We are uh, <laughs> Canadian, you know, various gender, yeah. various backgrounds racially as well which is nice to have in a, in a sport that traditionally has not had a lot of representation in it 
Um, and I think we also are asking questions that you wouldn't just find on your normal podcast. You know, we're trying to ask questions that really get deep into understanding what is the psyche, what is the mindset of the people that are in the sport, what ticks them on, what doesn't tick them on, um, what are they scared of, what are they not scared of, um, and then obviously trying to delve more into how they responded to certain situations in their career, whether it was a really high point or a very low point in their life. Um, so I think, yeah. Very excited about the podcast. You know, we're releasing episodes on a weekly basis now. Uh, we also partnered the podcast with Formula Addict that has over 800,000 followers online. So we found some really good partners to help us out in terms of amplifying the content that we are producing each week. Amazing. I, yeah, no, I think that's really amazing what you guys have started, something uh, that you're really ambitious of. Uh, I know in your country time, but, you know, one thing I really love asking my guests before we cap it off is really regarding you know you're very excited and you're it seems like what some of the ventures you've started what you guys are currently doing right now with the amazing things around f1 scene i feel like it's it's really amazing but i'm really curious in terms of where you get your sense of fulfillment or if you know one question i really ask my guests is that are you happy and if you are what is that source of happiness yeah, and I think I very much am happy. You know, I think if you asked me this question a year and a half ago, um, you know, 2020, 2021 pandemic was very tough for me. I'm a very social person. Again, I like going out to events. I like going out to dinners. I like seeing my friends a lot. I think that was a lot tougher for me mentally to have to go through. And I know I'm not the only one. Uh, there's a lot of people that have had to go through the pandemic, maybe even a, in, a, in a worse way than I went through it. Um but I think right now I'm very happy. And for me, fulfillment, you know, I'm a very simple person. So past work, I love making music. Um, I literally have Logic Pro on my laptop and all I, I do win and, and hold like, you know, whether it's a sample from Splice or whether it's just creating something on the MIDI myself, I'll go and do that. Um, I love reading. Um, I've gotten back into it. I never really did it kind of in college, but I always enjoyed it growing up and I'm reading How to Build a Car by Adrian Newey right now, which is a super fascinating read. Um, on the weekends, I like sim racing with my friends. I'm part of a sim racing league that's now kicking off season 10, coming up at the end of the month. Um, and I also am a big fan of just honestly going on YouTube sometimes and just watching videos, whether it's learning about a field that I had no idea about or whether it's learning more about something I'm already passionate about, whether it's blockchain gaming, whether it's esports, whether it's Obviously, you know, privacy, data, F1, there are things that I'm obviously very passionate about in life that I just find there's an endless stream of content when you go on YouTube and you just continue to go down that rabbit hole. So I am definitely guilty of doing that. And I generally find a lot of happiness from it as well, because I think for me, I'm at my happiest when I'm also at my own most curious, like when my mind is like going in yeah. directions and when I when I'm inspired by either people that I'm, I'm listening to or watching, or I'm inspired by a game that I've tried out that I'm like, damn, this is an incredible idea. Why didn't I think of it? Like those are the moments that I'm genuinely the happiest because I'm just kind of like a kid again in like a candy shop, if that makes sense. So yeah. No, really amazing. Really amazing. Sorry to catch off, but yeah, no, that's really amazing. I feel like, you know, you're such a cool guy, really amazing person. And yeah, I feel like one thing I want to do is that if, one one last question is that if you had one message to share it to the world, uh, what would that message be? I think I'll cap everything off by just saying, like, when you are listening to this podcast, um, please note again that for every like one thing that I figured out in life, there's 10 things that I probably have not figured out in life. 
Um, I don't have a driver's license. I uh, can't cook. Um, I only recently started to learn basic things like cleaning and like <laughs> vacuuming <laughs> and mopping and honestly taking care of myself even was not something I did very well growing up. I'm a lot better at it now, but there's a lot that I need to figure out as well in life. So whenever I come on podcasts, I like to mention that as well because I find especially when you're growing up 20, 21, 25, whatever it is, you start comparing yourself naturally to other people around your age. Uh, and it can make you sometimes feel really bad. So I just want to also articulate that there's a lot of things that I have going for me. There's a lot of things that I think I'm very good at, but there's equally even more things that I have not figured out yet. Um, and just remember that when you are listening to podcasts or watching videos, almost every person is like that as well. 100%. I mean, there's this quote I love that you, you kind of touch base on. And it's like this one person, one great mentor told me, you know, it's like, even though everyone's no matter what amount of success they have it's like we all put on the same pants every morning we're all human and yeah no, it's just amazing because what makes us uh, really unique is really about our journey our stories and that's amazing that you you touch base on that but first and foremost i just want to say thank you so much for taking your time out of your day to come on this beautiful podcast and start off the first episode of season two and I'm really excited for all the amazing things you're doing at Surf and all the amazing uh, things you got going on with all cool ventures that you were jumping on aboard. And yeah, so it, it was a pleasure to get to know you and know a little bit more about your story. I know you have amazing other things, so topics that we can talk about. But yeah, you've been a great guest and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. You know, I, again, one of the biggest pieces of advice I gave was start a podcast or an interview series, meet cool people through it. And uh, Clint, you're doing it well, man. There's a lot going on in your life, I know as well. So congrats on everything you've done. Season two kicking off is a major accomplishment as well. And very excited to continue to follow along on, on your journey as well. Amazing. All right, Swiss. Thank you so much. And to my lovely guests. Wow. Until. Next time, my friends.